Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You oh. know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes! Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Alright, everybody stay calm, no sudden movements, we're good, nothing's happened, no Eichel trade yet, you didn't miss anything in the last five minutes during the break, he's still a member of the Buffalo Sabres, but it feels like it's heating up, it There have been a couple of these days throughout the last six months. But it really feels as though it's going to happen tonight. It feels as likely that it's going to happen tonight as any day we've had. And you know what? I have never really gotten up for these rumors over the past couple of weeks and months. I've always, you know, after a couple of months went by and nothing happened. Especially after the NHL draft. My radar just went down. My radar for an Eichel trade went down. Every time I heard, well, ooh, Vegas is in on it. Oh, look, Minnesota's got an offer. And, ooh, talks between the Sabres and the Rangers are ongoing. Every time something like that came out, my radar didn't go up at all. My anxiousness, my, you know, when your heart stops for a second... That happened earlier. Someone retweeted a Matthew Kachuk tweet from like six years ago before the NHL draft in 2016 when he was selected here in Buffalo. Like, all right, I'm coming, Buffalo. Excited to be here. And my heart stopped for a second because I thought the deal was done. I thought that was Matthew Kachuk saying, I'm going, I'm about to be a Buffalo Sabre, which means the uncle trade has happened. Today feels different. Today feels different. That, that feeling in your stomach, that that extra bit of adrenaline, it's like you're playing. It's like you're playing hockey. Where, you know, like, I wasn't dragging the past couple of hours or anything, but you know what, normally, 
when I'm doing the nightcap here at 7 o'clock, I, I have a cup of coffee at like 5, 5.36. I got to have a little caffeine th- flowing through the blood system before I get going here. Just to have the energy to go through the hour and feel like I'm, I'm up to it. Today, didn't have any coffee, but I, I feel like I did. Got that extra little boost. And that extra little boost is that feeling that an Eichel trade could drop any second. And any moment that I refresh Twitter, it could be sitting right there. Any second that I open my phone, there's going to be a text alert from Sabres Public Relations that they've made a trade with the Buffalo, with, with Calgary or Vegas for Jack Eichel. That's how I'm feeling right now. And why is that? Well, we have two reports, really, that would lead you to believe that it could happen any second. So stay tuned here at WGR because it could happen any second. Kevin Weeks started things off at 5.30. ESPN's Kevin Weeks now, by the way. still at NHL Network, but he is now also at ESPN. He tweets, for all asking, my understanding is the NHL Flames have Kachuk, an upcom- that is Matthew Kachuk, an upcoming first-round pick, a former first-round pick, and two prospects in the Eichel sweepstakes with the Buffalo Sabres. Could could you not believe it when you saw it? That the offer could still be that good? It blew me away. Blew me away that the offer could be that good. You are getting a player. I didn't think they'd get a player this good. Especially not with four other pieces on top of it. Now... The value as to what those pieces are, we don't know. But Kachuk is so good in his own right that it it almost doesn't matter what the other pieces are. It almost doesn't matter. It does to an extent because Eichel is a center, Kachuk is a winger, and we do not have Eichel under contract. You don't have Kachuk, excuse me, under contract. He is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. And if he wants... If he doesn't sign a long-term deal, he could tell you, I'm only signing a one-year deal, and then I'm going to UFA in 2023. It is basically the Sam Reinhart situation. You are trading for what Sam Reinhart was exactly one year ago. Now, I believe Kachuk is a better player than Sam Reinhart. Is it close? Yes. I don't think it's different enough to really even maybe make the the difference uh, on the air. But I think Kachuk's a better player. At least by a little bit. He's faster than Reinhardt. I think he's got a better shot than Reinhardt. I think Reinhardt's a better playmaker. I think Reinhardt sees the ice better. Better, you know, IQ for the game. So they're close. But you're getting that level of player, but you're also getting that level of player at the same type of contract dispute. And would he want to sign here? And would you trade for him if he didn't tell you, I'm willing to sign an extension? If the Sabres... Right now, by the way, that offer is on the table. That has to be what's holding it up. I can't believe the Sabres would be trying to squeeze more out of Calgary. And Emily Kaplan of ESPN said last night that the Flames are okay with Eichel's ADR surgery. So, the surgery's not a dispute. I can't believe the value would be a dispute. So, what is holding it up? Why are we still on... The one-yard line, to use Emily Kaplan's words from last night. Why are we still there? Why have we not crossed the goal line? Doesn't it have to be 
that the Sabres do not know if Matthew Kachuk would sign here? That they do not know if they will be going through the same exact thing with him that they've just gone through with Sam Reinhart? That they'll be having to trade somebody that's got one more year left of team control? And that didn't go so hot in the Reinhardt trade negotiations. They didn't do that well. They did okay. They'll end up with a first-round pick and a goalie prospect who's off to an incredible start at Northeastern in college hockey, and he could really be something. Or he could be nothing. You don't know. He was a seventh-round goalie prospect from a couple years ago. Sometimes that guy becomes a superstar. Sometimes that guy gets weeded out, and you never hear from him ever again. Do you want to go through that with Kachuk again? Now, I can't believe he's told them at this point that he would sign a long-term extension here. Because if he had said that, again, I think the deal would be done. I don't know why you wouldn't have done it. But would you still make the trade? Even if, you know, he probably wouldn't. If he told you straight up no, then it's still a debate. If he said, I will not sign with you long-term, my plan is to test free agency in 2023. You could trade for me. I'll play for you. I'll play hard for you. But my goal is to get to free agency in 2023. If that's his answer, what do you do? What do you do? I might say there is still a solid argument. And I, I mean, I will say it. I'm about to. I think there's a solid argument that you still do it. You'll flip him and get something of value. Even if it goes as poorly as it did with Reinhardt, that's still another first-round pick. That's still another prospect. And then suddenly, what did I get for Jack Eichel? Maybe then the prospect and the player and the other prospect matter a lot more to how valuable they are. Because then I'm acquiring like six things for Jack Eichel, and are any of them really grade A? Because now suddenly I've made the uh, version of the O'Reilly trade. I just got this grab bag of stuff, and none of it might turn out to be anything. It's a mystery box is what I just got. I don't want a mystery box for Jack Eichel. If Kachuk would tell you I'm open to it, I'm not going to sign today. I'm open to it. Hey, I, I, I like Don Granato. He was my coach. Don Granato, by the way, was Kachuk's coach at the Uni- at the U.S. National Development Program 2013-14 and 2014-15. So he knows the coach. If he likes the coach, then maybe there's enough connection there where you could start to build a relationship and say, all right, well, you're open to it. We're going to work towards that and hope that we can accomplish that. I think I'd do the deal. If he said straight up, no, I will not sign an extension with you, then I might go back to Vegas and see what I can do there. But if the answer, if Kachuk is even open to the idea of staying here long term, that's the trade I'm making. I love that player. Love that player. I'm sure if he were in this division, I would hate his guts. He is as close to Brad Marchand as you are going to get in the NHL. Save for the licking people that Marchand does once in a while in the playoffs. Or twice, however many times he did that. He doesn't go quite that far. But, I mean, you can you can look it up. On YouTube, there is a video called 12 Minutes of Matthew Kachuk Making Players Angry. 
Like running around being a, a, an instigator. He is. He would be a immediate fan favorite. Immediate fan favorite. He's got all the things that the old school hockey fan likes. He runs around. He hits. He's tough. He goes into the corners. He goes to the front of the net. He's willing to take a beating. He's a leader. He's all of those things. He'll suffice that crowd. And then those that actually care about on-ice performance and are you actually making the team better, he's great in that area as well. 284 points in 358 games. He has scored 30 goals in the league. He has gotten to 60 points in the league. Last year, he probably would have got to 70. 43 points in 56 games, but it was a shortened season. And by the way, the 61, really he's been at more of like a 70 to 80 point pace the last two seasons. 43 points in 56 games last year, and the year before that, 61 points in 69 games. Almost a near point a game player. And he's still only 23 years old. The age is ideal. Is it perfect? You'd probably want the 20, 21-year-old. That's what Peyton Krebs is in Vegas that we've mentioned many a times. But Kachuk is still in that window. The contract would have to be figured out. But in terms of age, this guy's got a decade of good hockey in front of him. And I just didn't believe that after seven months of going round and round and round, talking about different Eichel trade scenarios, and slowly over time, the bar for what you would take has gone down and down and down. Well, now it's back up. Now it's back up to really where we started. If you had brought this trade to me in April... I would have told you to do it. I would have told said the Sabres should do it. Was April when Eichel's press conference was? Maybe that was later. Maybe it was July. Whatever it was. I would have loved this idea then. You're getting someone else's top-line player. He's 23 years old. And I'm getting four other things on top of it. One of which is a first-round pick. And ideally, I would like to think that the prospects are not just throwaway prospects. That at least one of them is a legitimate prospect. Matthew Coronado is the name you want for that. Is that too much at that point? Could it be that he wouldn't be the prospect? But he's the guy I look at. 13th overall pick this past draft. He's 18. He's in his freshman year at Harvard. He's only played two games, but through two games, three goals and three assists. Six points. In college hockey, where you don't really see enormous point totals. So, Eichel for what? Eichel for Kachuk, Coronado, maybe their third or fourth best prospect, first. The first round pick is probably a salary thing, right? Kachuk is at $7 million a year. Eichel's at 10. If Calgary, who's only got a million dollars in cap space, wants to kind of make that equal, and then we'll throw you Nikita Zadorov. That's the name that I keep looking at on that list. He evens out the money. 
He's not that valuable, so Calgary's okay sending him back. And the Sabres make the cap work. So there we go. Is that the offer? Kachuk, Coronado, another prospect, Zadorov, and a first. I think you got to take that deal from the table. Again, unless Kachuk has just outright told you, I am not signing with this team. And that's possible. That's possible. Among any team in the league right now, it's more possible than anybody. As we've seen the last year, anyone that really gets a real opportunity to get out of here, gets out of here. Right? Eichel wants out of here. He's about to do it. Reinhardt likely wanted out of here. Although he said he didn't, so maybe he didn't. But he got out. He got traded. Ristolainen's has wanted out for years. He got out. Linus Allmark, even, who loved this city, loved this team. He got a chance to leave. He took it. How many guys do you legitimately think on a 10-year playoff drought, and I know they started well this season. Their record is good. They're tied with Toronto and Tampa. How many guys do you legitimately think you could convince to come here and How many guys do you think you could convince to stay here long term? The only guy they have under contract past 2024 is Jeff Skinner and Eichel, funny enough. And those guys signed years ago. You are, they've been one of the most embarrassing teams in the league. For a decade. They are on a streak that might never be broken. This league is so hard to miss the playoffs. And the Sabres have had a historic playoff drought. The building is half empty. Throw that on top of it. And you know what? This is not meant to criticize Buffalo. Because I love it here and I never want to leave here. And I get mad when players don't want to come here. But we've seen this how many times with athletes. If guys have not experienced living here, they don't know how great it is, and they don't want to come. You've got to prepare for that also. So there could be five different reasons why Matthew Kachuk would not want to come want to come to this team. He doesn't have to be right in all of them, but... He might be pushing very hard for don't send me to Buffalo. And even though I'd want to argue you still do it in that situation because he's that valuable and worst comes to worst, I'm going to flip Matthew Kachuk for more picks and prospects because he's a very valuable player in the league. And he's still super young. Even though I would argue you do it, that's a tough sell if Kevin Adams does it. Because for months now, we have... All we've heard is wanting players that want to be here. And maybe this is an example behind the scenes. I don't know if this is happening, but it could be. That you're going to have a hard time getting finding players that want to be here. Legitimately good players, especially, that want to be here. Hopefully the coach connection is that strong. Hopefully... Man, every time there's Nick Mandola, blue check. I see a blue check mark, and I see the name Kachuk. And every time I see it, I think, oh, there's the deal. 
Stop for a second. Stop breathing for a second. Nothing. Don't worry. We don't got anything. So anyways, that's what's out there right now with Calgary. What do you think? 803-0550 is the phone number. What am I missing here? Are you, are we, is this a no-brainer? Because I feel like it's a no-brainer if this is on the table for the Sabres. By the way, I did not mention it, but part of the reason why we could be looking at a deal happening tonight, John Vogel of The Athletic tweeted about a half hour ago that there is outside What's the exact word he used? I'm trying to pull it up right now. Outside influence is not the word he used. Added external pressure to get a deal done today. Non-grievance related, by the way. 8030550 is the phone number. What do you think of this potential deal? We could get an Eichel trade in the next five minutes. So stay tuned. Maybe it happens. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. The saga now has two finalists, the Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights. There was a lot of work done over the weekend, and today I was told a trade is at the one-yard line, except there's still some final details they've got to figure out. I am told that Buffalo GM Kevin Adams is working extremely hard on this to get a trade done. However, he's also been very firm in his stance, and neither Calgary nor Vegas has met him on his full demands yet. And if you're wondering if Jack's surgery is part of the holdup, the answer is no. Both Calgary and Vegas, like most of the teams that Jack Eichel's camp have spoken through through this process, are okay with him getting his preferred artificial disc replacement surgery instead of that fusion surgery. ESPN's Emily Kaplan on the Eichel situation last night. We might be headed towards a deal. Nothing in the last five minutes to what I've seen. 803-0550 is the phone number. What do you think? Matthew Kachuk. He's not under contract. So there's a risk here, um, but it seems like a no-brainer. What do fans think? Let's start off with Mike. Mike, you're on the nightcap. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Um, One of the things that I think, A, I would make the trade in a heartbeat if I'm the Sabres, but there's, I think there's a huge difference between the Reinhardt trade and, and Kachuk. Remember, Reinhardt, we traded him after the season. If you flip Kachuk, you're going to get – whoever gets him is going to get a full season out of him right now if you traded him now. Um, even if you trade him at the deadline, you're getting that extra run for a Stanley Cup contender. You're getting a, a full, you know, 30 games – left of the season where you've got a guy that's a really good player plus another year. So you know, what we got for Reinhardt, I think, was uh, was decent. I think Kachuk's a better player, and I think you get considerably more if you trade him at if he doesn't want to sign and if you trade him at the right time. Because flipping him, the Sabres made a huge mistake waiting on Reinhardt by flipping him at the at the at the. Uh, during awesome. the offseason yeah. rather than flipping him at the at the trade that line because people want guys like Reiner, like Kachuk at the end of their you know, at the end of the year to come in and give their team that extra boost for the playoffs. When you're only getting one year from a guy like the say like uh, Florida got for Reiner, you're just not getting the same value. Mike, thanks for the call. I think these are some good points. I think um, not only 
does Kachuk maybe get more in a deal during the season than Reinhardt would have? There's still a lot of GMs that are going to put a lot of value on the grit. Yeah, like that's just that's how the league works still in many in many regards. So even if they're about the same player, you might get more for Kachuk because he's the type of guy you want in the playoffs, according to a lot of GMs. So I think it's right to think they could do better, and it would be realistic that they do better. And that, again, is if he wouldn't sign here. And you might want to do everything in your power to get him to stay. And maybe, I mean, we're kind of sucked back into, this is going to happen forever, though. You're going to get sucked back into, can I be good enough to convince a good player to stay here long term? Like, I know, we've done that, right? With Eichel and Reinhardt, it's been, we're almost trying to be good to show them we can be good so that they'll stay and they won't want to leave. And I know that's not a, that's not the way you want to live, but at some point, you will have to prove it on the ice to get to convince great players to come play here. And that's not the only reason you're trying to be successful, obviously. But maybe that would matter in this. Maybe they would want to go through the season, see if they can actually have a real year, be in a playoff race past the month of December, and maybe that'd be enough. Maybe then Kachuk says, all right, let's do this. Eight years, nine and a half million. His qualifying offer is nine million, so it would be at least that. Next call, let's go to Jonathan and Alden. You're on the nightcap. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, Joe. Um, I agree that this is a no-brainer. Um, I also hope that Monaghan's being thrown in there, but I think the last two games, we saw the Sabres start to come back to earth. I mean, they are definitely playing better under Granado, but um, they, I think they lack the skill to maintain it. So if if this rumor is true and puts chunks on the table, we really got to make this. I mean, just get – I mean, I, I want to avoid another Ryan O'Reilly trade, but I'm, I'm probably thinking just get this done. Just move on, turn the next page, and then hope this will work out for us. Thanks for the call, Jonathan. I, I'm not – dying to see them turn the page. Like, I know it's got to happen, but you're already into the season. My thought process has been, I'm almost curious just to see what the next steps look like. But I feel like the league doesn't want the next steps. I said this with Bulldog as he wrapped up his show, that the the Bills, or the Bills, what did I just do there? Batman in the league have been going... Through a, I mean, a horrible PR couple of weeks. Rightfully so. They deserve to be blasted. I think there's a, I don't think Bettman deserves to keep his job after the last couple of weeks, what we found out. They legitimately let down an individual in the worst possible way. There was no protection offered at any level for a player that was sexually assaulted. You deserve to be fired if that happened on your watch. And guess what? That happened on Gary Bettman's watch. It happened on others' watches too. Stan Bowman, John McDonough, Joel Quenville. They've all been punished accordingly. At least to some extent. The league hasn't been touched in this way yet. Who in the league has has fallen on the sword? Because they let the, this player down too. It was on their watch. 
And they're going to want those talking points to be moved on from. And what they're not going to want to do at the same time is after all of this, and again, I'm not saying this is right. I'm saying this is how the league's going to be thinking. I imagine. They're not going to want a grievance from Jack Eichel, which I imagine he would lose. And if he loses it, now what's the story? NHL denies player right to do what they want with their own body. And not even some minor wrist injury or some finger surgery. Some, we're, we're talking about his neck. We are talking about surgeons slicing open Jack Eichel's neck. And the league would be telling him, no, you can't do it the way you want it. The league has to know that's a bad look. They don't want that either. And it would not surprise me at all if this external pressure that John Vogel is talking about is Gary Bettman and the NHL. That they want this done. Now, how much leverage, how much pull do they have towards doing that? I don't really know. I think Bettman has his hands on a lot more than we really know. You know, like, I read a story a couple of months ago that the reason Peter Shirelli is in St. Louis is because Bettman recommended him to the Blues. And that when the Coyotes went through their GM search replacing John Chaka, Bettman was giving them recommendations to who to hire and pushing them in one direction. I think the league has their hands on a lot more than you think. And I would wonder if this is one of those situations where they're calling Kevin Adams and they're calling the Flames and the Golden Knights and they're trying to get a deal done. They're trying to... I can't think of the easiest word in the English language to think of right now. The third arbitrator? I know it's not the word. But they're trying to get a deal done. I don't know what else the external pressure could be. It, it could be the teams. It could be the Golden Knights. It could be the Flames telling the Sabres, hey, midnight, we're pulling our offer. We want this done. Maybe it's that. I don't really know. 803-0550 is the phone number. A lot to go through here. Uh, give me more of your calls at 803-0550. We'll get back to them when we come back. Uh, I do want to say a word, though, if we don't have anything on Eichel uh, in the last segment coming up here. I do want to talk about Odell Beckham. Because I'm so confused as to why what happened with the Browns today happened. I'll explain next here on the Nightcap on WGR. Last call on the nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Still no Jack Eichel trade, sorry to say. 7.45. We haven't had really anything juicy in about an hour. Um, Which gives me an opportunity to change gears for at least a segment here to football. A lot of stuff in the league today. Aaron Rodgers, I mean... Earlier on the Extra Point Show, it was just one after the other. 
It was Rodgers on the COVID list, and then it was Rodgers tested positive for COVID, and then it was Rodgers was unvaccinated, and then Rodgers lied about being vaccinated, and then Odell Beckham got kicked out of Browns practice, and then it was that Beckham is just not a part of the Browns anymore. Like, they just, they don't want him. They don't want him around. And there's this drama that they're talking about between Beckham and Baker Mayfield. Like, I know they don't mesh on the field. I've always... From what I've watched, myself and watching people like Jared Evans and Greg Cosell evaluate tape, it's more Mayfield's fault than Beckham. Beckham gets open, but he's so unique in the way he does it, and because Baker is so short, he can't see over the line of script. He can't see over the line. He has to pre-plan his his windows in order to know where to where to be able to see. I don't think it's Beckham's fault. And I think he has a right to be frustrated. He's one of the most talented wide receivers in NFL history. And he dealt with a bad quarterback in Eli for the last three years of his Giants career. And then he gets to Cleveland. He's got a quarterback who can't see him. It's been six years wasting around. And it's not all the quarterback's faults. It's definitely some on him. He does not make the situation easier. He didn't in New York when he talked about it in an interview. And he doesn't really come out and say, he doesn't really defend his quarterbacks that strongly. But at the same time, I think we go way overboard killing him for what? A picture on a boat and wearing a watch? And now what is it? To me, there has to be more than just... Because everyone's saying Tuesday's drama. Albert Breer is saying Tuesday's drama. Ian Rappaport is saying Tuesday's drama. Tuesday's drama, Tuesday's drama. That is why the Browns today took action. They said, basically, you're not a part of this team anymore. And we're not even going to cut you. Because that might be what you want. You want to go to a contender or whatever? We're not even going to cut you. Well, what did he do to deserve that? Because by the reports we saw today... He showed up to practice like ready to go. Like he thought it was just any any old day of practice. And Jordan Schultz is reporting tonight that Beckham wants to play Sunday. What was Tuesday's drama that you're not letting him play? Now, his dad did post a video yesterday criticizing Baker Mayfield pointing out several times where Beckham is open and he doesn't get the football or it goes way over his head. Is that the drama? Or is it LeBron James tweeting free Odell Beckham? Or was it today, John Morant, star NBA player for the for the Grizzlies, tweeting free Odell Beckham? Are they mad at Beckham because people around him are upset? Or do they do they have real reason to believe that he led them to do that. That he basically set his dad up to make that video. That he texted LeBron James and asked him to tweet free OBJ. Like, is, is that what he did? Or is there something else going on behind the scenes? Is there something that happened in the locker room? Between him and Mayfield. Did he call him out? Did they get a fight? What happened? Because to me, it just doesn't make sense. There's always been this notion of what Odell Beckham is and that he's this problem child, but again, I think we've just been saying it for so long that we think it's right. 
And maybe it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I don't see the proof. I don't see the evidence. I'm not also saying he's not a diva. I'm not saying that. Because he is he is a bit of a look at me guy, of course. He's on Instagram, you know, and he's the boat picture from a couple years ago with the Giants, of course. And he's in Drake music videos. Like, he's a star, and he knows it, and he, he acts like it. He's a personality. He really, he operates like an NBA player. He's very individualistic. And I don't really think that fits into football culture all that much. But what is he actually doing that's so bad in the locker room? Like, I actually want to know. Because it's got to be so bad for the reputation that he's deserved. What is it? Does he scream at his quarterbacks every day? Does he yell at coaches? Does he just not talk to anybody? Is it the flip side? Is he just a, a mute? I don't get it. I just don't get it. I've never gotten it. I've never understood why Beckham has the reputation he does. Why everyone associates him with this locker room cancer. I really want to know. Because I just don't see it. it. I don't see the proof. I don't see the evidence. And in this situation, I might be the last person's ever defending Odell Beckham, by the way, if you could tell. Until, like, if we get reports, like, if, if I read today, if tomorrow someone wants to tell me, Albert Breer, whoever it is, that Beckham got in Mayfield's face and told him he stinks, or he, he marched into the owner's office and say, I'm not playing for you anymore unless you start Case Keenum. You know, there are situations, of course, where he would be in the wrong. But what do I got now? Jordan Schultz also pointed out today, in his reporting, formerly of ESPN, by the way. Uh, he's now doing his own thing, his own podcast, doing with um, NBA star CJ McCollum is the podcast doing. Actually, you can find that on the Odyssey app. But one thing he pointed out is that, OB, quote, OBJ has plenty of guys on his side in the locker room. Again, I want to know on his side for what, but like we know he's best friends with Jarvis Landry who is now the Browns' number one wide receiver. He's really been the Browns' number one wide receiver. Beckham's been more so in reputation, but Landry in terms of targets is. Um, or in production, not in targets. Beckham gets thrown to, but it's always Landry in terms of production. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, is there a split locker room in Cleveland right now? It's a bad situation. And they're hitching their ride to Baker Mayfield. You know they're going to pay him now. If there's some dispute going on between Beckham and Mayfield. That's not just Mayfield can't see him when he's getting open. Then I don't know. Or if it's really, are they met? What happened? Did Beckham show up to practice and Stefanski said, nope, you're not allowed on the field. And Beckham's like, what? Why? He's like, well, your dad posted a YouTube video yesterday criticizing Baker. I mean, I can't imagine that would be it. I don't believe that that is it. It's so minor. It's not even, unless they legitimately said, we know that you put him up to it. I, I guess that has to be it. It's just such a confusing situation to me. Well, no Eichel trade. No Eichel trade. Well, hopefully we, Sports Thunder is still a possibility. If there's a deal that does happen by tonight, uh, you know we're going to be covering it for you here on WGR. Um, 
We're going to get to some NASCAR, though, coming up next. Pit Reporters is on the way. I will be back tomorrow on the Extra Point Show from 10 to 12 with Sal Capaccio, maybe talking about a Nickel trade. Maybe we'll talking about why there isn't a Nickel trade yet. And more about this deal with the Calgary Flames that was reported by Kevin Weeks. You can read more about it at WGR550.com. And that's where we'll end things, though, for tonight on the Nightcap. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I will talk to you tomorrow here on WGR. Good night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.